How does it make you feel knowing that the person sat opposite you may already be a cyborg? Welcome to the Empowering X podcast. My name is Aaron Sherwood. And my name is Alex Baskakos. At Empowering X, we explore the symbiosis between man and the machine, its past, its present, and more importantly, its future. How it impacts our health, security, well-being, workplace, and society. Human-machine technology is already rapidly changing the world as we know it. From personalized healthcare via genome and microbiome sequencing, to medical implants, to cognitive enhancement by the use of neurotechnology. And it's just getting started. Explore it with us and our guests, entrepreneurial and innovative thinkers who make it happen. So joining me here today to discuss the future of implantable technology is uh, Anna Luisa from Impli. Welcome. Um, I'm just wondering whether you might be able to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you've come to um, start up Impli. Yes, thank you, Aaron. It's uh, really great to be here today and it's really great uh, to talk to you about, about what, what we're here for and what we want to do and um, kind of our, our mission and vision. Um, so a little bit about myself. Um, I've got a background in, in biotechnology and, and, and studied that at university and then ventured on in the life sciences to work for several organizations. Um, but always with the thought behind of, um, you know, making a change in the world. And, and I always had a big knack for entrepreneurship. Um, so I really wanted to open my own company. Um, but it was kind of a, a decision between, you know, when is the right time? When do I have enough experience as a, as a, as a young professional uh, to make that jump as well as when do I have the right idea? Um, and when does that come along? So um, about two years ago, I had I had this this idea. Um, I was working a job um, that was that was really great, but but um, very challenging. And I went to the office on a Saturday, um, as one does. And I came to the office door, and I noticed that I forgot my keycard. And I stood there, and it was one of those moments where you hit frustration and I thought I'm working for a tech company and I don't have a solution for this really simple problem. So I went out and I um, kind of looked for ideas. How can we change it? How can we make it better? How can I not be in this situation anymore? And I stumbled upon subdermal implants. And this was really the moment where I said, now is, now is the time to bring something like that to people. And I looked at the opportunities in that market and I suddenly realized, you know, opening doors was not the most impactful and was going to be possibly one of the things in the future for sure, but for sure not the reason why someone would go that way. And so that's, uh, that's how we started Impli and that's how we focused on the healthcare industry and the medical industry and trying to really make a, make a change and give people the power of their medical data um, and also the safety of having it on them at all times rather than um, in, in a system somewhere, uh, somewhere within a medical institution. Mm. And that's really interesting with the, you know, strong medical focus being the, the sort of primary objective, particularly as, as, it, as it begins to evolve. So what does IMPLI actually mean? Like where, where did that come from? Um, yeah, it's really funny. We looked at, um, we obviously looked at other companies in the space out there. And at the moment, um, implants are very much in the biohacking industry. And we really didn't like that. Um, I thought I'm a normal person. I'm not a biohacker. Um, I, 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 you know, love this technology, but I would, you know, never go and sit in my garage and, and, and put an implant into myself if I, if I didn't have to. Um, and I for sure wouldn't program my own program in order to support it. I would want something out of the box and I want something for, you know, everyone. Uh, and I don't want to be some strange uh, person out there. So um, that's how we how we came up with it. We wanted to um, make implants attractive to people in a way that doesn't scare them. So um, my background is German, so I'm I'm uh, I'm German, and in, in Germany, when you make something cute, uh, you add an I at the end of the word. So um, we went we went to Impli, and that was how Impli was born. Brilliant. And you know, that's just utterly fascinating because, 
you know, what you were mentioning about, you know, making this technology not something which needs to be done in your back garage and, you know, sort of normalising it is is really intriguing because I think, you know, there's a number of concerns around um, biohacking uh, as, as, a, as a phenomenon at the moment. And I guess that's sort of what led me to, you know, get to meet you and, you know, the, the professionalism and the, you know, meeting normal people doing this in a professional setting um, was, was really powerful for me. So with that in mind, you, why now? Why is now the right time to set up Impli? Yes, I looked at um, I looked at how we are at the moment positioned in the world uh, and the technology around us. Um, we surround ourselves at every moment of our time, every five seconds with technology. Um, I have my phone, I have my key fob, I have uh, my car keys, um, I have my computer, and everything is around me uh, at all times, which means that we've come so far that we've put a device on our arm, which which is a, a Fitbit or an Apple Watch or whichever other wearable um, device you, you, you want to talk about. Um, however, we haven't solved the biggest problem of it, is that you can lose it and that it runs out of battery all the time. So my point was, how can I be more free? And we're now at a point that we are so integrated already with the technology around us that having it inside of us or having it outside of us is not really the relevance anymore. It's the relevance is how, how much value does it actually bring to us? And that's really where, uh, where we came from. Uh, and that's really where we are. You could also go around saying, you know, everyone who has a tooth implant has already gone down that route. So people are more um, concerned about their lives right now and how to be more effective in their lives. And I think this is, this is why now, and I think now is a good time to start this process um, so that in the future we can live longer lives, healthier lives, more effective lives, um, and therefore also, also happier lives. Mm. That's, yeah. So what, what do you see, you know, some of the challenges, uh, maybe those like societal challenges to get to that point where this is, you know, normal, for example, how do we get to that point? That's a, that's a very good question, Aaron. Uh, I, um, I think it's going to take us a while. Um, mm. don't, 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 don't underestimate our, our psychology still. Um, so there's a, there's a huge element out there where, you know, it's, it's a device inside of us. Um, a lot of people are afraid of syringes, so there's a there's a barrier there that is natural. Um, I think it will start with very simple devices in the beginning, um, and then move forwards. Um, I think in the future, when these devices will be more powerful, uh, we're talking about a world where um, smart cities are a common thing where all of our aspects of our lives are integrated already, where it would just, you know, take a click of the button to integrate um, this technology into it, where it significantly eases someone's life or makes it safer. I think that's a point where we'll adopt it. I think we'll, it's going to take about five years to get to, to normal normality of this. Um, uh, and I think normal is a it's probably not the right word to it to to for people to adopt it uh, commonly. Um, I think there will there will be a transition time and it will take some time. Um, however, I think that if we don't start now, slowly and easily, making people understand the value of this and developing this technology further, we will miss out on the train later on where it comes to you know monitoring your glucose levels at all times or monitoring your lactate levels or understanding your calcium um, situation so that you can prevent diseases in the future, um, that we come to that point needs what we do right now. So that's really what, what we're trying to do right now. Mm. I suppose that's a really nice segue into um, my next question, which is around, you know, some people may argue that, you know, could we do exactly what we're proposing to do with implantable technology, but with a wearable device? Like, why does it need to be embedded with inside you? Um, you know, what's that added value um, over an implantable than a, than a wearable device? Yes, I don't, um, I don't think implants exclude wearables at all. I think they need to work together. I think there's a future for both. Um, we're not trying to 
substitute one for the other. We're trying to make the most of one technology and the most of the other. Um, for example, having displays underneath your skin is, uh, will never happen, which means anything visual will never be an implantable. So um, what's really important, I think, to think about is what are the things a wearable can't do that an implant can do? And um, those are things like um, monitoring, uh, monitoring your body, your temperature is a, is a really easy one. Um, understanding your body temperature constantly gives us a huge value, but you know, it might be much more correct on an implant than on a wearable because a wearable you take off, you take it off to sleep. So you're missing data um, and, and, and then you can't infer any information. Um, the other thing is losing devices. So, um, and I've, I've lost a lot of devices, um, which, which makes a huge problem in your life because suddenly you don't have your device on you, you feel lost, you don't know what to do, you don't have your identity with you, what you call your identity. Um, and I think for that implants are really great because um, they are not a biometric, but they are not fully an external machine, um, which then obviously brings a, brings a great topic into authentication. So I think those things are something that implants can deliver and wearables can deliver other functions. And I think we'll definitely come to a point where wearables and implants will communicate with each other on a daily basis. Mm, no, that's really interesting. And, you know, I've had um, a number of very interesting conversations around how this technology can support those that are the most vulnerable in society. So thinking about elderly people, for example, that may forget to take their medicine or, you know, whether they have... Um, you know, we're looking at their hydration levels, for example, like what sort of world might this um, lead to? Um, what do you say to those that, um, that think that this is maybe a little too far or invasive? Um, yes, I get this challenge all the time, only naturally so. Um, and I think, um, you know, for some people it is too invasive. For some people it's too early to do this, for sure. Um, but in the future, how, how, how will we go on, you know? The question is also, what do you call too invasive? Um, you know, pe people have augmented their bodies in many ways. You know, we've, we, you know, we take care, as I mentioned before, of our teeth. Um, it's, it's not a medical need. We could walk around without teeth. But people get uh, tooth implants all the time. Um, the same goes for cochlear implants, the same goes for breast augmentations, um, the same goes for any cosmetic surgery, really. Um, and, uh, and so the question becomes really, what are you calling invasive? Is it the ethical aspect you're calling invasive or is it the medical aspect you're calling invasive? Um, and I think this is where we need to draw the line, but for, for people who haven't... Um, haven't been exposed to this technology much or, or, or to the thoughts of it, um, it can of course be foreign and I, and I always understand someone not wanting to go down that route and I think we have to all respect that. And I think this comes in part to the ethics of this, um, which is obviously a big, um, uh, a big point. Yeah, and you know, I, um, I posted something uh, recently on my LinkedIn and one of the comments was looking at the consequences already being identified in programmes like Black Mirror or Years and Years where they provide a very dystopian view of the future of this technology. What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yes, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting one. I think, um, you know, programmes like Black Mirror and, and they don't only showcase the negative sides of this technology, but the negative sides of many technologies out there. Um, they have a great point where they say, this is the technologies we have here. This is a version of the future that could be possible. And in this version of the future, there might be a point where we take it down a negative route. So I think they're very educational, actually. Um, and we shouldn't take it down that route. And we learn from these th thought processes. But that doesn't mean that we have to exclude the technology itself. Every technology has a negative aspect. Uh, we've known that in history. We will always know that in the future. So the point is, how can we make good with that technology? And I think this is really what we at Impli try to do, is how can we find, um, uh, find ways to make it most impactful for, for the community, for the society, for the people that we work with, so that we don't end up in the place where, where a black mirror goes, for example. And I think that needs education, of course. Mm. 
And I think as part of those um, <clears throat> those um, programs, there's a big theme of security and hacking and um, you know all of those sort of like negative um, associations with this technology. Um, how secure are um, these uh, biochip implants, for example? Yes, well, um, it's a big topic um, and it will always be a big topic with every tech, every tech that we have at the moment. You know, if, if we talk about, um, you, you know, the Amazon Cloud or, or whatever we, you know, or, or Microsoft um, or any sort of platform, we talk about data security. It's vital and it's, it's, it's essential. Um, if you think about the hacking of, of, of NFC, every credit card is, uh, is an NFC device. Um, we've used NFC devices for a long time. Um, and of course, it's, it's always a big concern for everyone. However, you have the positive aspect that you have a very close interaction with it. And I think if you set the systems up correctly um, with a very ethical approach behind it and with a very strong focus on um, data security, um, you can build a lot of value on that. Um, and if you think about authentication and the extra security that authentication can actually give to you with an implant, um, you, can, you can actually think that an implant makes your life much more secure because it's not just your face, uh, your fingerprint, your password. No, it's also a device that has to, has to sit within you in order to get to get recognized as you. So I think there are many aspects that you can discuss about the security around. And I think every company in this space um, needs to put one core pillar of their company into data security. And this is exactly what we try to do at Impli. Mm. Yeah, and that's, that's you know, really interesting because as we move away from a world of the Internet of Things and we move towards the Internet of People, the Internet of Beings, um, you know, having this, you know, health data and uh, being, able, being able to store all of this health data inside of you, um, one of the big questions that people are going to have is around security. So I'm fascinated about how, you know, we could leverage, you know, new technologies like blockchain or so forth to, um, to secure these, these devices, you know, particularly when you've got pretty sensitive information with you. Um, I guess on that, on that topic, um, how do you think that this technology might be, um, how we might be able to use this technology to save lives? Um, how might it improve quality of life through, through this? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think there's many ways you can address that. Um, and there's many um, industries you can address that with. I mean, we've gone down the route of healthcare uh, for, for plenty of reasons. However, one might also think of access. Um, that's a huge safety aspect, especially at building sites and, and otherwise. Um, so improving lives can be in every industry with this technology. Um, looking specifically at healthcare, obviously, um, having your patient, your records, your own records with you at all times means you can get treated faster, you can get treated better, which might save your life for sure. Um, it also means that um, you're in charge of your medical details, which means if you travel abroad, for example, and something happens, you have that information with you. What vaccines do I have? And so on. Um, if you think further in the future, um, if you go into monitoring your blood levels or um, otherwise, um, this is really powerful because it gives you real-time data. And real-time data is really, really important. Um, for many diseases out there, you know, for obviously patho pathologies, but also um, physiological humans. So if we, for example, look at um, diabetes as a disease, which is massively taken over, what if we can tell people, watch out what you're eating because you're about to become pre-diabetic? Will, will that help us prevent the problems we're facing with diabetes and therefore let us live a healthier life, possibly a longer life, but for sure a healthier life in the future and especially when we get older. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of technologies that, that focus on things like predictive maintenance. So being able to predict rather than having a reactive approach to, to maintenance, for example, so having a predictive capability of managing your health through this is going to be absolutely incredible. I have no doubt about that. Um, this is all fascinating. Um, what sort of research is out there which, you know, which is, has led you to, th to believe that this is or this could be the future? 
Yes, um, that's quite um, that's quite interesting because there's different angles and there's different sides that tell us that this will be the direction that we are going down. Um, one of the sides um, we have to look at is our own habits with technology. Um, we have many habits at the moment already that link us to technology. Um, you know, you walk in the Apple store and you see people absolutely distraught because suddenly all of their pictures and all of their contacts have been erased off their phone and you see them having, you know, absolute mental breakdowns. What does that mean? We're already so linked to our technology. Um, having it as something that is part of us actually is not so far away. Um, having people wanting this to be part of them, to ease their life, is only inevitable because we need it every day and we're facing problems just because of that. I mean, my own example, you know, standing in front of my office door on a Saturday and, you know, hu humans make errors quite normally um, and, and we forget things, not having it on me um, and there being a simple solution for it that's absolutely feasible today, um, that's, quite, that's quite prominent. So that's this one indication of it. Um, but I think that you can, you can almost go further and um, look at the interaction of devices that we have with each other. So what happens if, if we're not part of that ecosystem? We inevitably need to be. If we think about smart cities, you know, how can a city be really smart if the human is not part of it? Um, and we're solving some of these problems with uh, facial recognition, but then there's a back, big bash, backlash on facial recognition um, and so on. But how can implants, for example, play a role in that? For example, the old lady that crosses the road can get recognized as, that's an old lady crossing the road. We need to leave the light on for 20 extra seconds, for example. How can we integrate? So these things are already happening in the underground. And I think... Um, us being part of it is, 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 is definitely a matter of time just because of the power of this technology. Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, that that is a pretty solid conclusion to, uh, to, to this podcast here. So thank you very much for your, your time um, this evening discussing the future of implantable technology. And I'm really excited to see how Impli evolves um, and the future of, 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 of Impli. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. It was really great. Thanks. Well, thank you for joining us on our Empowering X podcast today. Make sure to join our Telegram channel where we hand select the most insightful articles, blogs, podcasts and videos on the subject of human machine technology. This and more on empoweringx.com.